Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey guys, so welcome to this podcast episode. Hope you're feeling amazing and excited to talk to you about how long it should actually take you to open your business. Now there's a lot of um, there are a lot of caveats in this conversation and I want to describe some of them and I also want to give you guys some tips and uh, things to be aware of in order to expedite the process, let's say. So uh, clearly it's important to consider if you have this vision. I don't know what stage you guys are at. Maybe you're in a place where you're just thinking about starting this business. Maybe you already have been in the build-up process for a while and maybe it's taking a long time and you're just curious, is this normal? Should this be taking this long? Uh, so I want to give you some reference point as far as what we've seen with the innumerable clients that we've worked with, also with our own juice bar businesses. How long should it actually take to launch from the time that you sign your lease until you're doing your grand opening? Or maybe even soft opening. And so the, there are a couple really, really big elements you have to be aware of, and I want to name four that are going to dictate how long it takes you to open. First thing being you and your preparedness. Do you have everything in place that you need to have in place before you sign your lease? Because I do see people sign leases and then think, okay, now it's time for me to do my menu. Now it's time for me to look for my vendors. And, and sometimes you can get away with it, right, depending on number of elements, but we don't recommend that you do things in that sequence. We really recommend that you actually have your menu done, your menu costing done, your vendors in place, uh, your logo, all your design elements, visual design elements uh, in place and before you sign your lease. So that way, once you sign your lease, you can really put all of your attention towards hiring your architect, your contractor, really getting the ball rolling as it, as it re relates to the physical space. And so first thing is you and your preparedness. Second thing is how quickly the landlord responds, right? And I'll kind of put these, these um, things in a you know, category. It's really about responsiveness because it's, it's really the responsiveness of your landlord, your architect, your contractor, and the city that you're in, right? So those are the other major elements and I'll kind of lump them into one category. Some landlords we've seen don't respond quickly. You might find that even when it comes to negotiating your lease, you might be negotiating your lease for a month. And this is usually when you're talking about landlords who have a lot more commercial property. They just have so much going on that they can, they can get overwhelmed in their uh, task list and don't respond to everyone right away. Smaller landlords tend to be a bit more quick because they just have more time, they've got less going on. And so that's the question. It could be anywhere from a week negotiating your lease, or it could be two weeks, or it could be months. Potentially, it could take a month, month and a half, two months. We've seen you know, long lease negotiations, but as a give or take, if you're in a month range of lease negotiation, that would probably be on the average, like a higher, higher end of the average uh, than the shorter end. So that's the first thing. 
then looking at the architect that you hire. Now, sometimes it's architectural firms, sometimes it's individual architects. The question too with them, what's their response time? Because let's say if you're working with us and we get you the location layout so that way you know exactly how your space should be designed and then you hand that to them, the question is how long is it gonna take them to actually mock up the official plans? I've seen it take a long time depending on the, the architectural firm. And so when you're doing interviews with architects, you wanna know, how, you know how is this process going to unfold? Do you have a lot of people in your staff? Are you working on a ton of projects right now? Give me a time estimate on when I should expect an official drawing if I do this, right? If I give you the, the rough layout. And then in terms of their responsiveness, when I give you adjustments, how long does it normally take once you get feedback from the city? These are things that you need to be aware of before you make your decision so you're really, really clear on the timeline of everything. Then moving on, same thing with your contractor. Now, your contractor is gonna be faster or slower depending on their resources. Some contracting companies have a lot of subcontractors, they've got a lot of people in their team, and so they can build your place out really, really quickly because they have a lot of manpower. And then other contractors might only have a couple of people that are working on your project, which means obviously things are gonna take longer. And so be aware of when you're interviewing contractors to, to get references, and the two most important questions to ask those references are, did your contractor finish on time and did he finish within budget? He or she, I should say, right? Um, so some contractors will walk into your project and you'll, tell, you'll ask them, okay, how long do you think it's gonna to take to get billed out? And they'll tell you something like, oh yeah, a month and a half, two months. Now, they'll say that just for the sake of really getting you to hire them because you might talk to another contractor and another contractor might say four months and you think, well, I should go with the guy who says he's gonna do it faster. But if they get the project, they've got you in a contract maybe, or they've got your deposit money, they know you're not gonna hire someone else. And so they might be taking on more jobs and they're kind of like, you know, they're kind of shuffling people from here to there, meaning that this person works on this project this day, oh, we need help over here. So be really, really clear with them how many people are actually gonna be working on site on a daily basis. Be aware so that you can get a sense, is that realistic? And, and you know, a lot of times people find that one of the benefits of collaborating with us is that we understand how these things should go and we actually know how to manage contractors and how to communicate with them and how to make sure that they're accountable because this is obviously one of the biggest, if not the biggest expense that you're gonna have in your budget is the build out of your space, your plumbing, your electrical, your drywall, everything. And so they should actually have an outline strategy for what the cost is for each of these elements in the build out, but also what the timeline is. How long is it actually gonna take once they actually break ground and, and start everything, the demolition, everything. So that way, at least if you have an idea, get that in writing, don't just have them tell you verbally, but get it in writing so that way, if in the event you show up on site and you notice, hey, there's only two or three guys in here and you told me you're gonna have at least six guys working on the project on a daily basis, things are moving a little bit slowly, what's going on? You know, we have this agreement, we have clarity around this. Clarity is king, clarity is king. When it comes to agreements with people, you have to have clarity on what their deliverables are and what their responsibilities are. And so these are gonna be the things to make sure that you are managing the project appropriately so things move as fast as possible. Because these are, to a certain degree, not totally, but to a certain degree, more in your control. The things that you deliver, as I said, the first thing, that's 100% in your control. You can make sure that you're prepared before you sign your lease. Secondly, you can do your best to manage your architect and your contractor so that they're moving as quickly as possible. And, and sticking to their word, the thing that they told you, because they have to tell you realistically. 
what it is. And some people, like I said earlier on, will just give you a number because they want to get the project. And then when it comes down to it, unfortunately, and I know that contractors have a bad reputation, but I've seen it. It's just really painful and terrible. They get away with a lot. And, you know, hopefully you find ones that have great reputations and execute well. And there are the, you know, the rare ones. There is that select group out there, but you got to find them. And so then lastly, like I mentioned before, you, which you can't actually control is how quickly the city responds to things like plan submissions and revisions. What I've noticed is that larger cities, and this goes for usually, as I mentioned before, bigger businesses, these things tend to move slower. If you're in a suburban area and you're not in a huge city, you're not in one of the you know, top 10 major cities in the US, then sometimes the process is quite quick because these people aren't reviewing a ton of plan submissions. Where if you're in a city like New York or LA, sometimes it can move a bit slower because they have so much going on. And so I can't tell you exactly how quickly that's gonna go. And at the end of the day, it's just one of those things that you'll have to absorb and be patient with because you can't really control it unless you know, your architect has a relationship with someone in the city or your contractor does and they're buddies and they are gonna you know, kind of push your project to the front, which sometimes also happens, uh, but normally that's not the case. And so you have to be willing to just be patient for those things. But getting back to the initial question, just so I can give you some parameters of what you might be looking at from start to finish, you know, we have had clients that from the time signing, of signing their lease, and this is really rare, so don't expect to be in the situation, we have had clients open in a two and a half month period. Now that's the fastest I've ever seen it. Generally for us, we can get down to about four months from the time that you sign your lease to the time that you open you know, your store, soft or grand opening. But sometimes it takes six months. Four to six months is okay. It's, it can be considered average when it comes to this process. Anything more than six months, you're really, really pushing it in something that you probably may have been able to manage uh, a little bit more um, professionally or efficiently it's probably fallen through the cracks but hope that gives you an idea we have had also people that we've seen take up to a year to open their business which is really unfortunate but a lot of times these are larger projects almost restaurant size businesses and there's just a lot of nuance and things that are involved in these situations so it takes a lot of time and attention but plan for as an average four to six months uh, so that will give you an idea based on where you are and what your desired opening date might be to, to, to just give you that perspective. And the last thing that I'll say too is, you know, as it relates to this, because sometimes people can be scared, am I gonna open in the middle of winter now because of the timeline? You, you're not gonna be able to control it because you can't see what's ahead of you. And, and there's also pros and cons to what time of year you're gonna open. The, the question really comes down to, are you managing that time appropriately? Meaning that if you open at a slower time of year, it can benefit you because it allows you to build momentum slowly in, in a lower pressure environment, but you just have to make sure you're really on top of your labor so you don't burn all your capital before you, you actually start to turn a profit. And then sometimes, yeah, you can open it in busier times of year and that also has its own benefits and challenges. Benefit being that you're gonna have a lot of cash, but challenges if you don't execute well, you could go through a lot of your prospective customers and then they, if they're not satisfied, then they go somewhere else and don't give you a second chance. And so they both have their pros and cons and you just have to make sure that whatever the circumstance is, you're prepared for both. Now, I hope that this has been helpful. Wishing you guys well, a lot of success. Hope you're feeling help, healthy and vibrant and everything in your life is beautiful. As always, if you guys need support 
from us, feel free to reach out to me personally. We can support you with everything that you need from developing your menu to analyzing locations to helping you hire your contractors, architects, everything that we discussed and more. You can reach me personally at andrew at starterjuicebar.com. We'd love to talk about how we can just help you thrive. It's, uh, it's really, really beautiful for us to see people go from the idea phase into really having these businesses and seeing them impact their communities in positive ways as well as you know, increase their overall wealth and income. It's, it's just really amazing. So hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys in the very, or I should say, you will hear me in the very near future. All right, talk soon.